1: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. This is Reed, joined by Viz as always. Viz, it is the best time of the year. Um, We are still two weeks out of the NFL draft. I'm just kidding. But no, we actually are two weeks out of the NFL draft, so everyone's going to shoot themselves uh, trying to read Mel Kuiper's garbage mock draft which you can't read because it's insider protected and no one's paying for the insider subscription on espn but let's get to the important part that makes this the best time of the year and that is the hockey playoffs are here the nhl playoffs are here i'm pumped that it is must watch television hopefully you have the golf channel because you're gonna have because a couple of game fours are gonna be on the fucking golf channel this year um nice move nbc Nice move. Um, All right, so Viz, let's get right to it. Uh, Before the season started, our playoff, do you have written down our Stanley Cup? Uh, No, I don't. I mean, my prediction was (laughs) Calgary
0: and Tampa. Whoops. I feel still pretty good about Tampa, not to spoil our picks here, but uh, despite them not playing as well down the stretch, I still feel pretty strongly about them.
1: Yeah, I don't know
0: what series you want to start with. Um, we'll just work our way through all of them. Yeah,
1: let's get the um, let's get the ones that we probably don't have to touch too much on out of the way. I think. Uh, let's start with uh, Nashville, Chicago, Dude, Colorado. Oh, Colorado, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Chicago isn't in the playoffs this year. Um, Nashville, Colorado. Listen, it was. It's actually incredible that Colorado made the playoffs after I think they had 47 points last year. Mm. Um, they were historically bad, and Nathan McKinnon is 1A in my MVP ballot right now. I don't have a vote in it, unfortunately. Um, And they get the the beauty of matching up with Nashville, who is – the best team in the league. Um, I expect this to be at most a five-game series. I expect Nashville to win. Uh, I think there's too much depth up front for Colorado to handle. I don't completely trust Jonathan Bernier in the postseason, mainly because we don't have any track record of him in the postseason to really like work off of or at least anything credible to work off of and i think again nashville's blue line is once again the best in the league it seems like they have the best the deepest forward group and the best and the deepest blue line group and pecker ha- and uc Saros have been next next level good this year so
0: yeah i'd also be surprised if it goes more than five games i mean it doesn't take anything away from colorado or it's a remarkable year but I mean, you have McKinnon, and then, you know, you have Barry on the blue line, and after that, it already gets kind of tough. I mean, if I have them, I think you have to play Barry about 30 minutes a game, and it's not like he's God's gift or anything, but he's very good. Uh, The one spot Colorado could maybe do something is uh, on special teams. Last uh, 25 games, they're at 28% of the power play. Uh, 82% on the penalty kill which was uh, second in the league in the power play seventh on the penalty kill and for the full season eighth on the power play and fourth on the penalty kill Now, their expected goals on the power play was actually dead last in the league so I'm not sure exactly what's going on there Um, probably some good shooting luck but uh, probably part of it is too they're getting some they're moving the puck very well too but Nashville's probably the clear, I don't want to say clear favorite to win the Cup, but I, I'd say they're the favorite. And, you know, they played four times during the year. Nashville won 4-0, only won one in overtime. They outscored them 17-8 in those games. They outshot them even though they were killing them in most of those games. I would say nationals probably, I don't know, 80-plus percent to win the series. And it's one of the most lopsided We've seen in a while. I mean, this team is just ridiculous, top to bottom. You don't have any negative players anywhere, really. Um, you know, maybe Yemelin or something. But it's it's so it's someone who's gonna be playing ten minutes or less. I just think the depth is gonna be too much for Colorado to handle, unless you know McKinnon just goes nuts problem with that is nashville doesn't even need to really match up with them they can just throw so many different bodies at them it's almost going to be impossible for mckinnon to have a good matchup
1: yeah um that's why i like nashville very very much so
0: yeah i mean i think this is the most lopsided I mean I think New Jersey's pretty lopsided too with Tampa or you know Tampa being the favorite but I think this is on a little bit of another level just because you know Varlamov is the type of guy who can get really hot and Bernie did have a stretch this year but I have a tough time bleeding and believing in him and no Eric Johnson either I mean they're going to need so much to happen I just it's so hard to even imagine Colorado winning the series yeah i'd probably pick nashville in five i generally don't like picking sweeps but i could definitely see this being a
1: sweep yeah i could definitely be see it being a sweep too and by the way it would not be a fit this colorado is just playing with house money as soon as they got 70 points on the season they were playing with house money in my mind um they were expected to be nowhere this year, and they're in the playoffs. Right. So,
0: again, if you ask like a casual hockey fan, uh, how many people are they going to name on Colorado that that aren't on the top line? I think they're going to struggle to name one or two, and I know that's not like telling the whole story, like some of these young guys, uh, you know, Joe Kerfoot, even Andrew Ghetto, you know, they're solid players, but I don't think people know them and it is you, know, you talk about national and people know half the roster not just because they went to the cup last year but because they have half a roster of not elite players but close enough they probably do have i don't know eight elite players maybe more like the team is just stacked and like you said it, it takes nothing away from colorado's year the biggest thing for them is, you know, McKinnon took the jump that everyone was expecting to happen at some point, and there was nothing – cat you know, it was, he was a 50- to 60-point guy, and then boom, it happened all at once. But uh, it changes your franchise going forward, having a player like him and you know, trading Duchesne, getting Ottawa's first-round pick um, next year because there's no way was going to give it to him this year. But uh, just a massive win of the year for Colorado, no matter what happens in the series
1: um all right so let's go in my mind the next most lopsided series uh winnipeg minnesota um i know you mentioned tampa new jersey but i, I think this winnipeg minnesota series is going to be ugly i, I think winnipeg is going to win it in five it's another one where if it was a sweep would not be surprised one bit um winnipeg is deep they have the they have the deepest forward group in the nhl um they have arguably the best forward group in the NHL. They've been getting outstanding goaltending from Connor Hellebuck. They have very, very good serviceable defensemen on the blue line. And Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler can take over a series at any time. And Patrick Laine is still there. Right. Um, The finish Ovechkin. So, and the big one, the reason why I think this is – I would normally say it's a six-game series that Winnipeg would win. The reason I'm at, like, four and a half, five games at most is Ryan Suter's out. Um, he logs, like, 29 minutes a game for Minnesota. That's a lot of ice time. And Jared Spurgeon is not 100% healthy. Their blue line is banged up. It's, it's going to hurt. And Devin Dubnik is going to have to stand on his head and, and if you look at postseason track record they're not he doesn't have the greatest track record in the world in the playoffs that's not to say he can't change but he just doesn't have the greatest track record so i think i think Winnipeg wins it really handily and then both teams get an enormous both Nashville and Winnipeg Get a colossal amount of rest for when they stupidly, stupidly have to play each other in the second round.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough to just. Well, you already know my thoughts on the playoff system. It's awful. Um, but you know, the one spot where uh, Winnipeg's vulnerable, I think, is on special teams, actually. like Their penalty kill finished uh, ninth on the season, but they're actually dead last in expected goals against, and it, You know, they kind of showed the last 25 games, they were at 79%. Uh, You know, in Hellebuck, it is his first playoffs. You never know how that's going to go with these young goalies. And if they do, if he does struggle, they don't have anyone else to go go to. It's certainly not Steve Mason. And, you know, Minnesota can match their depth fairly well, I think. Uh, But the top-end guys... They just last a little longer on Winnipeg. Uh, you know, Eric Stahl's had a tremendous year, and I think they're going to try to match him up with Scheifele's line as much as they can. So I think Ehlers and uh, Line A are going to have to carry them a little bit. But uh, as far as the season series, when it was 3-1 to one, uh, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota actually outshot them, and, you know, they were Winnipeg, was boosted, they won 5 and 13 on the power play over the four games, so that obviously helps a ton. They actually scored a lot more goals down the stretch of Winnipeg, so you know that is that is an encouraging thing. But uh, Minnesota does really well at five on five, you know, especially the way they finished, the game. they actually had the, the best expected goal percentage over the last 25 games. There, there is some upside in this team, and I think if if Sutter was playing, I could make a somewhat compelling argument that they have a legitimate chance. As of now, I'd say they maybe have you know maybe one third of the time they could win this, but it's just so tough to to see what they're gonna do. I mean, Spurgeon's gonna play, but it's gonna be his first game in a while. Him, Dumbledore and Brodine are gonna have to play. I don't know, twenty seven minutes each, and. That's going to be brutal against you know a Winnipeg team that throws three lines at you. Um, Yeah, I I just think what St. Louis did last year is they kept finding the right areas to sit in, and they they give up a lot of shots in bad spots. The Wild, the the Blues kept getting into the high leverage areas, and that's how they made their success during the season is minnesota generally keeps people the outsides and their system more than anything helps dubnik not face they face low quality shots fairly often but the jets are so good at getting to where they want to get to and without sutter it's i think it's just going to be too much for them to deal with and i would still probably say six games winnipeg goes into minnesota wins the sixth game there but um yeah, it's, it's a tough spot for the wild because, again, they should, these teams shouldn't be playing in the first round either. And, you know, you lose your top guy, you know, they probably drop them 5 plus five to 10% with their chances to win the series, in my mind.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so now I think we're going to just do order based on what we think will be the shortest series to the longest series. Um We'll go Tampa, New Jersey. Here, um, we both like Tampa a lot in this series. Like again, the thing though for New Jersey is they have Taylor Hall. He is my one B in terms of the MVP and the Hart Trophy uh, ballot. And we made the we were talking on an earlier podcast about how who was going to win the Hart Trophy, and it pretty much came down to if Colorado made the playoffs and New Jersey didn't, it would be McKinnon. If New Jersey made the playoffs and Colorado didn't, it would be Hall. If they both did, it's just one of those two, and I don't think anyone else is in the discussion for it. Uh, wow. bo- both of them made it. So I, I think it like that should be your one and two re- in whatever order yeah. you want. Right, you could, yeah, exactly. Um, you can go you can go whatever way you want to go with it.
0: I'm not going to argue. I I would probably go McKinnon, but I could see a very compelling case for Hall too. Like it's neck and neck. It's to me, I mean it's like the rookie of the year thing in basketball. I don't care which one you take. They're both amazing. We should don't don't discredit what the other guy did just because you want your guy to win. Did uh, they, they were both absolutely incredible in there. That's why they are the two biggest surprises in the mid-playoffs. But, I, I mean, so I guess you, your argument with the Devils is, well, they won 3-0 against them in the regular season. Uh, the only one was in overtime, and they, they won all the games by a goal, but uh, you just hope Taylor Hall just remains a, a buzzsaw, and, and Vasilevsky did struggle a bit uh, in the second half of the season, or at least, you know, the last 20 to 25 games, so you know. That could be a deciding point. You know, they also finished the season Tampa Bay twenty eighth on the penalty kill, but again, they were sixth in the spectacles, so they had some bad luck there too. Uh, but the, the Devils had two top ten units, so I, I think that's where your hope is. If you're a fan of the Devils, is you just somehow get a bunch of power plays hope that your penalty kill could somewhat limit this power play, which I have my doubts on because Tamp's power play is ridiculous. Again, it's like with with, uh, Colorado, you know, when Hall's not on the ice, I just think they're going to get rolled. It's a simplistic way, but I mean, it's all it really takes for me to think about this. I don't know how they're going to try to match up people, what they're going to do, but I think you know, this this one I kind of have a tough time seeing pe- going past five games too. I like, I feel pretty strong. Devils will win one game. It'll be a five game series, but I, it's hard to see anything more than that in my mind.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, like I expect Tampa's power play to just be disgusting. It is disgusting. I expect it to continue that way. Veselovsky did struggle towards the end of the season, but. And I'll say this about New Jersey. Same thing we said about Colorado. This team was expected, I think, to finish dead last in the East. Like, no one predicted them to do anything this year. As soon as uh, Nico Hishire played well and they got, what, 80 points, it was considered a massive success for the season. They're in the playoffs. They had 97 points this year. Like, that is a ma- That's a a col- that's a huge success for a season. For them. Um, I'll say this. They don't have a lot of um, big. They have outside of Taylor Hall. They really don't have too many big name players. In fact, they have like none outside of his shire. But he was just the the only reason he's a big name player is because he was the first overall pick. Right. I mean, those
0: those two and Paul Mary are very good. And after that, it's just such a drop off to whoever you think the next best guy is right now.
1: I'll like, I don't say know this: if it's
0: Patrick Rune. like I don't know, I mean Grabner's been really bad there. Like I don't know who you put as their fourth best forward. Like it drops off harder than it does in Colorado, and that's be your argument of why Hall should win MVP over McKinnon.
1: Um. So when I look at Nashville or um, New Jersey, and I've said this multiple times, they play with speed. That's a team that still likes to get up and go. And it could be a very high-scoring series. I almost expect it to be a high-scoring series. Like, almost bet the over on most of the games. Because I expect... Listen, I still expect Taylor Hall to get his. He's just that dynamic of a scorer and a player that he'll still get his. The problem is, the rest of the team, he can't be on the ice for forty five minutes of this game. It's yeah. going to be a problem when he's not on the ice. I expect him to get like twenty two minutes of ice time a game. I, I expect them to just keep rolling Taylor Hall. I, I would I would even take the over on that to be honest. Like they're gonna have to play it he's gonna have to play a ton, but they like they're not slow. Like it's not like Tampa's just gonna outskate them. No. It's and, gonna and, and, it's gonna come down to skill level and, and
0: and that's why they've had success, too. I mean, it's, it's not because they're out shooting teams. I mean, they are they were 21st in Corsi on the season and, you know, 27th, sorry, and 26th over the last 25 games. So even though they got really hot at the end, they actually weren't doing any better puck possession-wise. I mean, the three games they won against Tampa, the shot attempts, Tampa had 70 more. So it's not like they're not going to out-possess anybody. It's... Okay, they get decent enough goaltending in this series. It's going to have to be very good goaltending, and Keith Kincaid is starting, is to begin with. And um, I can't he doesn't applaud, have yeah, he, he doesn't have the track the record. Boldness. No, exactly. And but I th- I think he has been better than Schneider at least you know the last this, month or two. It's not even close. So yes, like, I kind of applaud Heinz Gult for going with them. And yeah, you just have to hope that you can sneak a few breakaways, like. If Girardi and Colburn both play, there's your liability. You hope that whoever's out there, Grabner, Wood, someone else can sneak a breakaway and score it and just turn the game that way. I suspect there will be one game that Tampa just dominates at even strength, but the Devils find a way to win it. Uh, like, yeah, with, like, same as Colorado, and I keep one them two together, but they're in a very similar spot. Uh, be happy with how your seasons went be encouraged you know that uh, yeah his shire didn't let the light the world on fire but he had over 50 points and you could see an easy progression into him going into another level next year and you know you have a ton of cap space you just hope to plug you know a few more holes with your young guys you know you need another defenseman for sure you know the vat and trade has worked out i think very well he's played great but, yeah, losing to Tampa is no insult. I mean, for over half the year, they looked like the, the prohibitive favorite, and they still deserve to be mentioned in, among the elite.
1: Yes, I, I agree. Um, let's go to the next series, which will probably be not the longest in the world. I don't that, know. See, this is
0: where it gets uh, right. Right,
1: and I say that because I think every the next all the series all that we're five, talking dude. about are either six or seven games, and I'll I'm going to bring up the one that I think has a shot at being like five, uh, Pittsburgh Philly. Yeah, that's fair. I think is the I think is the next one on our list here. Um, now talk about wanting to bet the over.
0: I, I Pittsburgh scored five goals. All four games that played against Philly this, this year, uh, two of those even were 5-4 overtime games. So, I mean, I just don't see any way Philly can slow them down, no matter what they do. Um, you, know, you have an awful penalty kill. Uh, they don't have the depth to match up with Pittsburgh. You know, the top guys can match up very well, I think. You know, Couturier has caused Malkin problems in the past, but... Now the problem, you know, they used to match up Drew uh, against Crosby and Couturier against Malkin, and they had some success with it. But they're not—they're on the same line now, and they're not splitting them up. Not after Drew had on two points on the wing, so it's going to be tough, man. You're counting on Nolan Patrick having a big series. Uh, whoever else they want to match up with Brassard—I mean, Phil and Letterra just haven't been good. Like I. I just think the depth of Pittsburgh is going to overcome, um, you know, Philly. I mean, do you have a compelling case for the Flyers? I mean, to me, this seems pretty clearly Pittsburgh, although I guess you could see the, the top guys from Philly just being so good that maybe they have a chance in are banking on Matt Murray to stay bad.
1: Yeah, you have to bank on Murray not, like – flipping the switch immediately and the the forwards just swarming because i mean let's call it what it is pittsburgh's defense core is not anything that's like oh my god it's amazing No, i, I wouldn't even call it like
0: i mean it's above average but it's it's not.
1: above average are you are we gonna call it good
0: i mean based on the athletics game score stuff it's ninth out of 16 uh, in the playoffs, they actually have the Flyers guys better than Pittsburgh, uh, which is a little. It's kind of interesting, but I don't hate it. I think Barrett and Latang are pretty similar, and then you know Provorov's got a pretty big edge over whoever you have second, being Mata, Schultz, or Dumoulin. So I guess I can I can see that.
1: Yeah, and point. Phil, like I, we talked about uh, how New Jersey plays fast. Philadelphia plays fast too. Like they don't. They don't slow down all that much. They they run and gun, and they have the depth to run and gun. I know Pittsburgh still has Crosby. That's why everyone still likes Pittsburgh. They still have Malkin. They still have Kessel. I get that. Um, to me, it's going to come down to, does Pittsburgh get the same, like, secondary scoring that they've gotten the past two years? Right. And I, like, I think they will. But not as not in a way that says, okay, they're they're gonna win the cup. I think they're going to be in a tough if Pittsburgh wins a series, they're they'd have to play Columbus or Washington mm-hmm. I almost like the winner of that series to beat Pittsburgh in the second round.
0: And it wouldn't shock me. I mean, like I was like we were both saying really, like usually Pittsburgh can beat you based on their top end guys, but I don't think they could do that here. I mean, I'd say. You know, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Latang isn't really much better—not this year, at least—than Couturier, Giroux, Voracek, Bear. So, if honestly, if I'm Philly, I'm okay with if I can break even at even strength with those guys, and I just hope that our power play runs hotter than theirs. Um, again. You can have next in zero faith in the goalies. I mean, that's part of the reason why I think this is going to be a high-scoring series, too.
1: It's going to They're, be a great series to watch.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's the first game tonight, and uh, that'll be great. I mean, as far as goaltenders go in the playoffs, is there anyone? I mean, these might be the two worst the way they
1: play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bernie Bernier and King
0: <laughs> obviously belong in the discussion, too. But, I mean, Matt Murray's falling off so hard, and, I mean, Brian Elliott is just whatever. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he gets pulled at some point. Actually, maybe think of a thing or a different question. I mean, how many times do you think, or how many backup goalies do you think we're going to see in this playoffs? Because I really think the number is going to be in double digits at least once. Like, I just see so many teams just getting wrecked in a game and then the backup coming in or even like on a good team like hope could come in for Bauer or
1: yeah i okay so Holtby in for- comes
0: in for jones like i just think there's a lot of situations where we're, i think we're going to see the backup goalies more than usual
1: yeah i i agree um i'll probably put the number at like so again 16 teams in the playoffs one. I mean, a
0: couple of them they'll lose early and they'll never do it because they won't get, like, blown out anywhere. But, I mean, I think we're going to see at least half half the backups, probably more. And, and I'm not talking extended. Maybe, you know, they come in for most of the game because the, the team goes down 3-0 early or something. But, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think, you know, basing off – how this regular season's gone with so many goals i think you're we going to stumble into some games where teams are just getting blown out of the water you're like if tampa goes up four nothing on new jersey and the end of the first period or early second in a game we're probably going to see schneider and you know god forbid you know nashville you know you have sorrow so it wouldn't be surprising if they gave him some time at some point too. like i don't know it, it's just a gut feeling on my end but I'm hoping the playoffs are like this regular season where it's called proper or is close to properly so we get a lot of power plays and the goals stay up.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so, how many? I mean, how many games would you pick this series? To I think
1: into? six. Um, I think the games in Philadelphia are going to be tough for Pittsburgh. I, I think – I think Pittsburgh will probably win the first two, then Philly wins Game Three, Pittsburgh wins Game Four, then Philly wins Game Five, and Pittsburgh wins Game Six. Th- that's kind of how I see this going.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably I might honestly go with the five, but I don't feel strongly about it. I mean, it.
1: That's why I said it has the potential to go five, but I think it still will go six. I think Philadelphia has been playing. Really well the past two months, to where like they could ride it in. Pittsburgh's also been playing really well, but uh. yeah, I mean, I think they deserve some credit
0: for playing well defensively, even though they don't really have good goaltending. Um, like for the season, you know, they were decent across the board, but you know, twenty sixth in save percentage the last twenty five games. Yet they still won fourteen seven and four. Uh, I, I think the blue line is better than they get credit for. Uh, better than I expected them to be, too. I mean even McDonald stinks, honestly. And Brandon Manning's fine. But at the stake, Proveroff has made big strides, and Goss bear has really moved into like the elite category. And Gudis actually is okay and Sandheim has helped so I think that's your hope if you're you're Philly. Your defense actually holds up decent enough. Your studs cancel each other out, and you get good Brian Elliott, and they get bad Matt Murray. I I mean, I think Pittsburgh's fairly big favorites, and that was a good call on the next one, because now, these next four series, I don't think any team is more than, say, 60%. Um, If I had to pick what I think is the most likely winner out of the next, I guess I would say Boston, but I don't know if you want to do that one now or save that for the
1: last. I, I think I think that to me that'll be. I think I have one more I want to get to, and then we can get to Boston. Okay. Um, so the one I want to get to, and it might surprise some people, it's a uh, Vegas and LA. On, um, yeah, cool. so this is interesting, Vegas hasn't been world beaters since february 1st and if i'm uh, remem- not at all and if i'm remembering the statistic right they are 31st in the nhl since february 1st in terms of uh possession if i need to remind you people 31st seems pretty low that's because it's the lowest it's last it's worse than the sabers it's worse than ottawa worse than detroit worse than montreal worse than arizona vancouver you name it it's worse than all those teams since February 1st and those teams all sucked at the end of the year except Arizona. Arizona actually played pretty well uh, at the end of the year but that's besides the point Um, Vegas hasn't been great or hasn't even been all that good at the second half of the year Uh, Jonathan Quick in the postseason, the Kings listen, behind Drew Doughty and Jake Muzzin is hurt that's the and it and the, um, the fast break, the transition game that the top line of Riley Smith, uh, Marsha Show, and William Carlson have for Vegas, the transition game doesn't work as well in the playoffs. Teams lock it down in the postseason. And one of those teams that I would expect to completely lock it down would happen to be the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. And... Jonathan Bernier, or not Jonathan Bernier, Jonathan Quick has a really good track record in the postseason. Um, He's played pretty well this year, too. Marc-Andre Fleury does not have a great postseason track record. Um, To me, I think the Kings win this in six. If it goes to a game seven, I don't see how the Kings win in Vegas in game seven. I I don't. Um, but the Kings still have Dowdy, they still have Kopitar, they still have Quick, they still have guys like we, we joke around Dustin Brown, but he's been like a second coming this year. Um, They still have Jeff Carter, they still have Tanner Pearson, they still have Tyler Toffoli. Like, they still have weapons up front, and Drew Dowdy is that good to carry a blue line. He's yeah, gonna I mean, be. He, he he's be playing 32 thirty minutes. 30 yeah. Minutes, oh, absolutely. He's playing. He's playing at minimum twenty nine minutes a game this postseason. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking the Kings as well, but I do not feel good about it at all. No. Um,
0: so, both these teams honestly sucked down the stretch. Now their records weren't so bad. The last twenty five games, uh, Vegas thirteen nine and three. The Kings seven or fifteen seven and three. Sorry, but. Uh, in terms expected goals for uh Kings were second last 30th uh, the Vegas was 27th uh, you know percentage wise 23rd and 28th uh, they they both limp down the stretch big time and you know they missed some guys you know, you know Riley Smith missed some time but I mean, at the end of the day they neither of these teams are really good possession teams and you know that's very rare I mean the Kings have been a possession powerhouse for the last decade. And, you know, they finished 19th on the season, 27th, or excuse me, 17th on the season, 20th, uh, under 50% in terms of course. So but where do the Kings have an edge? Well, they finished first in the penalty kill. Uh, first season, 85%, which is just nuts. And 89.5% the last 25 games. And it's, they're really not that fluky. I mean, they were third in expectables against. So they're a very, very good penalty kill team and the power play is you know average where vegas is probably a little above average in both but not too great now the good news for them is la took way more penalties than they had power plays where vegas was plus so if you can keep generating power plays even against the king's great penalty kill you're gonna score some eventually now Mostly the reason why I like the Kings is I think Kopitar, I mean, Kopitar would be third for my hard trophy. I know there's a lot of talk about Drew. I can understand it. But his supporting cast is way worse to me in L.A., and that's why I would go with Kopitar. I feel like his line is going to neutralize uh, the Marcia Show, Carlson Smith. And once you get past those guys, uh, whatever combination of Hala, Talk, Neil, and Perron they want to go with, for the second line i don't, I don't know I, I like carter pearson to these chances of of beating them or just breaking even and they're just gonna have dowdy out there so much i don't want to you know i don't want to say you know they've been there before but they have i think the goaltending is about even but i also think there's way more of a chance that flurry falls on his face than quick I don't I don't feel great about this one at all. I think it, this is pretty close to 50-50. Um, I mean, where I think the, the uh, Golden Knights do have an advantage. When Dowdy's not on the ice, um, I, I feel pretty good about Miller, Theodore Schmidt, and McNabb as my top four. I don't feel good about anyone past Dowdy and Muzzin. I don't feel good about Forbert. I don't feel good about Alec Martinez. I don't feel good about enough. Not in this, not in these specific matchups when there's so much speed on you know, the opposite sides, especially on Vegas' side. So I don't know. I'm just I'm still having a tough time buying in uh, to Vegas. At, over the last two months, I mean I know they've been so far in front that it, they didn't have to push, but the underlying numbers were there to be in the first half of the season, and now they're not, and it worries me a bit. And I've never trusted Flurry, and I have a hard time doing so still, even though he had a great year.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll be an interesting s- series. I think there's just a level of, like, experience that yeah, will play I, out here. I mean, here I, I can't
0: – the thing is, I you know, I think a lot of people would slightly – I think more people are going to pick the Kings than not. Maybe that's wrong. I mean, I think Vegas probably is a slight favorite, actually. You know, having home ice and their home ice is going to be absolutely insane. But I, I don't know. I, this is a matchup. It's so tough for me to see either of these teams making a run, honestly. Like, the problems have been there for the last few months. And I, I, while I really have no clue in the ducks Shark series, I flip-flopped in my mind a couple times. I feel like whoever does win that series is probably – going to make the Final Four and play
1: Nashville or Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, so, the next series that probably will be the <laughs> least closest, we have three left, right? Yeah. Um. We have, yeah, we have Capitals, yeah. Blue
0: Jackets, Sharks, Ducks, as mentioned, and then Bruins, Maple Leafs.
1: Okay, so, the next... We're gonna go Bruins Maple Leafs here, and I know that a lot of our listeners probably are the most interested in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the
0: best matchup. This
1: is this is well, yeah, it's the best matchup in terms of points and seeding itself. In terms of, like, yeah, they're the two best
0: teams playing that play each other in the first round.
1: Yes, I mean to me, I'm saying
0: I think the top tier is Nashville Winnipeg. Um, I I could. See putting uh, Boston and Tampa with them, too. And in Toronto would be right behind them with uh, with Pittsburgh, probably. So, I mean, this should be high-scoring as well. You look at these teams, and, I mean, my God, Toronto's power play is absolutely disgusting. Last 25 games, 36.5% on the season, 25%. Number one in expected goals for in the power play. It's not really a fluke. I mean the the forwards depth on Toronto is where you can see their edge. I know the top line is absolutely loaded for Boston and that's probably why I'm going to end up picking them. But once you, if if Matthews no matter who he's with uh, can do a decent job, come close to breaking even against the Bergeron line, you can see the edge with Kadri JVR Bozak coming through a little bit Um Anderson was awesome in the playoffs last year against Washington. Um, you know, Tuka Rask is had his ups and downs before. But for me, I'm leaning Boston because that top line is just so amazing. Their power play is very good in its own right. And I don't really trust Toronto's defense to limit the, the good shots, uh, you know, the high quality, high you know, in the slot shots, I think Boston will be able to get to their spots. And uh, as good as the least top line generally is, the, the Boston line has been the best line in hockey, you know, honesty. Like, could we – I mean, we could just mention quick, like how bad was that Boston loss on Sunday when Florida had nothing to play for? That's awful. Like, not – first off, you get to play Toronto instead of New Jersey, which is brutal. But then if you do win – you get you give up home ice against Tampa that's just brutal. but um i expect a very close series you know in terms of goals i don't expect many blowouts um, the, the leafs have had boston summer this year they are a very good team um, like i said it really is a shame that they have to play each other already but um, i don't know, i'll let you go now cuz i've been rambling for a little bit but this yeah it's really just They have more depth on the blue line, I think, and their top guys are just as good as Toronto's. And that top line is just ridiculous. I can't get over how good that line has been this year when all three of them were healthy.
1: Yeah, I don't... um, That's going to be tough for Toronto. If they... Toronto is the biggest loser in this playoff format. I, I think we can agree yeah, on that yeah there's no way around like um, it's, i
0: mean minnesota take takes a beating too but you know minnesota without sutter it's like that that's probably what they deserve you know you know what i mean if their team was healthy that would be it's a brutal beat for minnesota too but toronto especially
1: yeah i just that's so hard for toronto like boston's such a tough matchup um i almost expect this to go to seven games it to me that like this is these will be must watch games. Oh yeah. Um, and thankfully none of them are on the golf channel. <laughs> um. I, I do think, Tor- like Toronto, absolutely has a shot in this series, mm. and it just comes down to can they exploit when Zdeno Chara is on the ice, and can they just skate around him? The problem is Boston will just have Charlie McAvoy back there, or right. some other defenseman that actually has yeah. speed to cover Crew, for him. Yeah, yeah, th-
0: probably their best guy.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll have somebody else back there to match the speed. And Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak are so good that, it, to me, Toronto's defense, I don't think has the answer for them. And, no, probably not. And I, mean, I think in Game 7 in Boston, like it's going to be really hard for Toronto to win that but so i like boston in 7 like i do think it goes to a game 7 to me this is the problem with putting this one here is all th- the th- this and then the next two matchups we'll talk about to me are all like game 7 written all over it yeah i mean I, yeah i'd probably say
0: boston in 6 but i don't feel good about that you know i don't i've been picking a few too many matchups probably that the the team closes it on the road like, I, I, did, I do want to say, like, I talked about, you know, Toronto's depth. You know, that's where they could try to find an edge. It's not like Boston has bad depth. I mean, you got Bacchus, Nash, Krejci, uh, Heinen, DeBrusque, Donato. Like, their depth is very good, too. But I just think, you know, if you're Toronto, you realistically, you can't expect to come out ahead uh, with Matthews. Assuming Matthews matches up against Bergeron. You really can't expect to win that matchup. you got to come as close to breaking even as you can. Um, yeah, getting power plays is really going to drive everything here because Toronto's power play is so damn good, and Boston did have the third best penalty kill in the league, and it was expected to be number one based on you know shots, where they came from, everything. But at the same time, toronto's power play is so damn good that it might not even matter how good your penalty kill is uh, you know who does win that battle between power you know who gets more power plays because you know boston was fourth on the season they were fourth over the last 25 games too so you know they're clicking on both special teams units it's just a very good all-around team i, I mean i do, do you I, kind of, I was going to say, do you think Anderson is an, has an edge over Rask? I, I do a little bit, actually. I think Anderson had a very, very good year. Like There was that stretch in the first half of the year, especially when Matthews was out, that they weren't playing well, and Anderson was really stealing a bunch of games for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, like, Frederick Anderson versus Tuka Rask. I give the edge to Rask, but not by as much as I think people think. Um. Yeah, like, it's going to be a really close series. I, I think it goes seven. You think Boston six, but, like... Yeah, I don't feel strong-
0: strongly about it's it. It's like- hard
1: to be completely confident in it. I just think a game seven in Boston, like... And again, no matter what dirty shit Marshawn does, because let's call for what it is, he will do there will be at least one play this postseason where Marshawn does something incredibly dirty and the NHL won't suspend him. Yeah, no, probably not. The only way it works is if they somehow suspend him for a game, then all of a sudden this series is turned on its head.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I I mean a month ago I would have felt really strongly about Boston, but you know, the way Toronto finished you know they finished 16 7 and 2 so i'm going back even further but over that stretch they didn't get good goaltending um i'm looking i just had it um yeah since the trade deadline anderson had an 896 save percentage i, I expected it to be better but they were they were still winning even that was even though that was the case and you know tukarask was a 908 after the trade deadline so you know if that holds we're talking about another series that's gonna have a ton of goals i think we're gonna see that anyway but, you know, Boston is pretty good at shutting things down and slowing down the game if they can. So, I mean, a hot Anderson is capable of stealing the series. The Toronto team was very overmatched last year against Washington, and he got them the six, and they, you know, they were very close to winning a couple of the other games. So, you know, that would be your hope as a Toronto fan. Again, you got screwed with the format. Boston got screwed. Tampa got screwed that they got to play one of you in the next round. Again, hopefully, two of the biggest markets getting screwed will actually lead to the NHL changing their format because it's just so bad.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So the next series, in terms of close, like these next two are going game seven. I think. Um,
0: it, I do too. I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people like the Ducks more than I do against the Sharks
1: so like let's do that one now just because you already mentioned it uh sharks ducks classic pacific division playoff matchup it's going to be ugly it's going to be physical um we're going to have at best inconsistent goaltending i think well Uh, see well see that's the thing like a lot of people, you know, John Gibson's
0: been really damn good this year. And a lot of the problem is he just leaves games. He was missing a lot of time. Um, I think that's where they have their one edge in the series is Gibson. He's, I think he does belong in like that elite category with how he's played this year. Um, actually, based on game score, he's the number one goalie uh, this year, which obviously says a ton. Now, if you look at the matchup, you know the Sharks won three and one, but it doesn't really tell you much because the Ducks were a corpse the first half of the year. It's honestly amazing they held on as long as they did. But at the same time, the Sharks are just a very good team. Um, Kane has fit in very well. The Ducks aren't a great possession team; they never have been. When the, you know with Randy Carlisle as their coach. But they have the top-end talent to, to overcome that. I mean, the studs in this matchup are are great. I mean, Raquel has come along. Silverberg, Getzlaff. I mean, I don't even consider Perry and Kessler in the elite category anymore, but they're not far off. And, you know, for the Sharks, Kachur had a very good year. Pavelski, obviously, you know, Hurdle. Timo Meyer. I mean, there, there's some nice depth on both of these sides. Um, the blue lines, are very stacked, I think, especially, you know, the top three of uh, Lynn ole and Montour for Anaheim. Maybe they'll get Fowler back at some point. Uh, Brent Burns, obviously, and Vlasic. This is a super interesting series to me. And my first thought was I was going to pick the Sharks for the upset. But the more time went on, I'm leaning Ducks now. Just because I think Gibson does give them a little bit of an edge, and they have home ice, but I have like next to no feel in this series. Uh, the Athletic has it as uh, the Ducks are fifty, or uh, yeah, ducks are fifty-eight percent to win. Sure, I could see. You know, that sounds probably about right. But again, I have no confidence in the series at all.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting series it'll be all late night games it'll be all games that you're gonna have to have your 8 30 p.m coffee to stay up for they're like they're gonna be physical like there's no way about like avoiding that like the ducks in the playoffs are just the we're going to wear you down we're going to like like hit you through the boards in the playoffs and it's worked for how many years now like how many years do the ducks keep getting through the first and second rounds of the playoffs? Like they keep getting there. Um, well, I, I mean
0: here, I mean here's a question: Who has the edge at five on five? Because I really don't know.
1: I have no. I it's a toss like, up. I think yeah, they're that, about I mean, that, even.
0: That's the that's the problem here. Like Anaheim generally does well there in terms of goals even though they don't have the best possession so i think the sharks are probably gonna have more of the scoring chances but but i don't know if that's gonna actually translate into anything um you know on special teams they were the sharks had the fourth best penalty differential and the ducks were dead last Uh, i don't know how this is possible but the ducks took 60 more penalties than they had power plays this year which is absolutely insane if that holds, you know that's a reason to like the Sharks right there. Um, but again, it's tough. Where I've never been a big Martin Jones guy, and you know he did get them to the cup a couple years ago, and he played very well. But I do think Gibson is a tier above him, and uh, that's pretty tough. You know, and in one series, a, the better goalie a lot of the time is going to come through. But again. The Sharks get a few extra power play goals because of the penalty differential. This is so razor thin to me. I I don't know. I don't really know how to judge this one. It's just so close.
1: Yeah, I think. um, I think the penalty differential for me doesn't make the biggest difference. Um, because we all know, like, it's an untold. It's like the worst kept secret. Whistles choke up. In the postseason. Like, they don't call as much shit in the postseason. So, a lot of those penalties on Anaheim probably aren't being called in this series. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are a team that, you know,
0: (laughs) grabs and does a bunch of stuff. Yeah,
1: and the the refs, I think, are going to be a little bit hesitant to call that stuff. So, I like Anaheim in seven, mainly because they're just playing at home. But it's a very, very toss-up series. I I
0: would pick the same. I don't... I'm 100% with you there. I mean, <laughs> I think this is the series most likely to see, so like, a brawl or just some really bad blood. Like, when Anaheim loses a game bad, at the end, they're scum. Like, there's no way around it. It happened for the last decade almost. It happened, like, three times against Nashville in the conference finals last year where at the end of the game they were losing. Perry Kessler just scummed somebody, you know, like – there's potential in the series to get ugly in that regard. I don't, I mean, I'm sure it'll happen elsewhere, you know, Boston, Toronto, but I don't think we're going to see too many, sh- too much shenanigans. I mean, I guess Vegas too, if Ryan Reeves fucking plays, but um, I think we could see some
1: real hatred by the end of this duck series. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is one of the two series which will feature a game four on the Golf Channel. Um, is, the other one was Game Four of Tampa and New Jersey. This just blows my mind.
0: I mean, that just shows you how much NBC like cares about hockey.
1: Yeah. That they. I'll t- i like. We said it before. Like I think it was in the off season or like beginning of the season. The uh, the right now the NHL has an exclusive rights deal with NBC. I can almost guarantee you that it will not be an exclusive rights deal. Uh, I think their partnership ends in 2020. Their current contract ends in 2020. I do not see it being an exclusive rights deal anymore. I I don't see – if it is, the owner should just get rid of Batman immediately. Um. I mean, in, fa- should, in fact, they should, they should have gotten rid. <laughs> right, they should have done it. Like, there's a million reasons to get rid of Gary Bettman. Not only do I think if I'll be honest, I don't even think it gets. If he if Bettman comes to that agreement, I don't think the owners approve it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it's- there there was an interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, Ed Snyder, the late owner of the Flyers, was the was like the chairman or he had a majority stake in Comcast if I'm remembering this right um, someone in the comment section can correct me on this if I'm missing some of the minor details but and Comcast owns NBC. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like an not insider dealing but it was like hey like I have this major network that can host all of our games. Let's do that. And that was when Ed Snyder was still alive. That deal was brokered, in, I believe, 2010, because it was a 10-year deal. Ed Snyder has since passed. I don't think you're going to see the same love for uh, NBC that you that you saw 10 years or eight years ago. And by the time 20, those negotiations would have to be around like 2019 season. They'd have to start back up, but. Um, anyways, so the last series, to me, this is the series that I am the most, I'm the most looking forward to this series because I don't, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to get. All right. So Washington Columbus. So five
0: on five, I think, I think Columbus is clearly better than Washington. um, Almost by any metric, honestly. So where does Washington and edge? Well, they're so good on both special teams, and, and Columbus is, to be blunt, horrible. Um, they, they were finished uh, 25th power play in the season Columbus, 28th in expected goals, 27th on the penalty kill, 26th in expected goals, and it wasn't any better down the stretch. Yes, their power play was 11th over the last 25 games, but expected 27th uh, penalty kill was 20th. Twenty-third, so their their special teams are really bad. Like, there's no way around it. And Washington has a very good power play, and they generate a lot on the power play. So that is your hope for Washington is that your power play just crushes, and it's it's certainly possible. Um, over the last twenty-five games, Washington was a little bit better on five-on-five. On five. But for the full season, twenty-third in Corsi, twenty-fifth in expected goals, where Columbus was eighth in Corsi, seventh in expected goals. They score more goals than Washington does. They give up less goals than Washington does. Every everything really says a five-on-five that Columbus is the much better team, and obviously most of the games played at five-on-five, so that's a, a tough thing to make up, but. I keep going back to the power play and just think that there's going to be some games where Washington just goes know, two for five, and and that's really all you know, all, all it's really going to take. Um, they're still a good team. They're you know, Washington. They're just not as good as they've been in the past. Um, you know, this series, the more I think about it, the more it kind of reminds me of Chicago Nashville from last year, and I do think there is some chance that Columbus could be this year's Nashville and make a run. You have that elite top pair. They don't have two pairs like Nationals, but they have that elite top pair. They have one very good forward or elite forward in Panarin, and then very good depth after that. And you have Bob, who I would take, you know, I know he hasn't had real playoff success. I would probably take him over any other goalie. If I had a team against the Nationals. So they have that going for him. I do applaud... Trotz's decision to go with Grubauer. He's just had a much better year than Holtby. I mean, I think that's probably worth talking about. i let you talk about it because it was a bit surprising still to see it because of Holtby's track record, but he's, he's just it was bad this year. There's no way around it. and I mean, a 907 same percentage after years of being 920-925. It's just... It's, <laughs> who would have said before the year that Holtby would
1: be benched for the playoffs. I mean, I never would have crossed my mind. Yeah. um, It's almost like they're just riding the hot goalie. Like, playoff success-wise in terms of playoff performance, Holtby has actually been better than Bobrovsky. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, everyone says, oh, Washington can't win. Man, it was not about Holtby. Like Holtby was not the reason Washington has been bounced in the second round in the last five years in the playoffs. Like Holtby has been really good. He's not starting Game One, um. But I, I just think I, I think there's something about this Washington team. I I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about this team. Um that just says like it's like what uh san jose was two years ago or was it two or three years ago uh when they made the cup yeah it was it's just this whole like everyone thinks that we're done like everyone thinks that we don't have it anymore that our windows closed oh by the way here's our run and ovechkin has been amazing this year uh backstrom has been very good this year because uh, Netzov is coming into his own is there oshi has actually come back from the dead in this uh like last two months um it, and so, I just and John Carlson is a number one defenseman like right I it comes down to can Columbus exploit the the lack of depth on the Washington Blue line?
0: right yeah I mean that's where I was I was wanted to go next I mean since they got Vanek and he's been playing with Wenberg and Jenner um, they've been great they've outscored team 17 to 4 in the 152 minutes they've been together and they they just do very well getting to the high danger areas they're out shooting the other teams 38 23 there and outscoring 10 to 1 I mean if, if Vanek's in close he's he's scoring like he's just outstanding in that regard and Wenberg and uh, is a terrific passer. You know, Jenner's doing the hard work. Um, you know that would be a, a one clear edge for them. But, you know, again, I talked about Columbus has the edge for sure at even strength, and I I stand by that. But uh, they don't have an elite number one center, Columbus, and Washington has two of them, and that that is pretty tough for them to deal with. Um, you know, Washington. You know, they're, like you said, the depth is gutted compared to the past, but they still have all the stars. Um, you know, if if Oshie gets, you know, stays back on track, you, you got four studs um, between Ovechkin, Backstrom, off Oshie, um, and then you, you probably need one of Burakovsky or Verana to step up. I think, and then you have yourself a, a decent chance. Um, you know, I, the top pair on Columbus is amazing. But after you get past them, it's pretty ugly. Uh, again, we're, you know, with Washington, Carlson's elite, Orloff and Niskin in, solid behind them. Uh, I think you're going to see Kepney stick with Carlson. Do you think so too? I think so. Keep Orlov Niskin together, and I think that makes some sense. So, whichever line for Washington. I mean, I assume they're going to try to get Jones and Wierenski against get as much as possible. So their second line needs to take advantage of Savard and Cole or Murray or Nudavara, however they want to set that up. Um, Dad, I could see being an edge for Washington, is not in terms of, like, shots at 5-on-5, five five, but in terms of generating high-quality chances. Um, I flip-flopped on this a few times. I'm actually going to say columbus wins in seven in washington but i don't feel good about it at all um, washington was three and one in the head-to-head during the season but the goals are break even in let's see columbus had 77 more shot attempts over those four games i mean they're gonna dominate it the, the shots but again washington's the type of team when you have that high-end talent that it, it almost doesn't matter because you know they can just score on a whim i mean they can score three goals on 20 shots even against bob Um, man I, i just this is a tough one for me i that's for sure
1: yeah uh this is not going to be this is going to be i think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic matchup i like washington in seven i could see it being in six if columbus gets um like if they get if Washington gets two quick goals in in a game 6 i could see Columbus just losing it almost um in terms of like mentality wise losing it and then Washington just keeps pouring it on when i look at this Washington lineup and this roster Am I crazy to think it looks a lot like what Pittsburgh had the last couple of years where you have like you have the two like elite centers in Baxterman Kuznetsov they're not obviously not Malkin and Crosby but all four of those players are elite. You have Ovechkin which is an elite left winger, you have Burakovsky which is a very good left winger. You still have Oshie who's been playing amazing the past month on the right wing. And you don't have and like Lars Eller and Jacob Vrana are not, like, no-skill players. Like, they still have some skill. Right. And you have Tom Wilson, who somehow has a playoff clutch gene. I don't know how, but he does. He's also a former first-round pick, so it's sort of expected. You have your number one in Carlson, and then you have Orlov and Niskanen, who are two very good defensemen on your second pair to match up. Like,
0: Yeah, it's not it's not far off. I mean... I guess you know Eller is a step behind Bonino is your third center. Otherwise, it's not it's not too much different, honestly. Like it, I mean, compared to him now, where they don't have you know Brassard makes a big difference for sure. And in that series, you you need your goaltending edge, whether you know it's Grubauer or Bob, whoever comes through, uh, to have the big edge over Murray. But. Yeah, I, I can see the I could see the comparison in that regard. Uh, again, I don't I think I don't think they can play or pick as much as you know, he's averaged 17 minutes a game. That's you can't do that not in this series. Columbus is pretty relentless. Their top nine is just strong. No matter how they how they set it up, uh, I think both fourth lines are really bad. Yes. So. <laughs> which team doesn't get their fourth line stuck out there at all is going to help. Or if those two go against each other, could one of them somehow find a goal somewhere uh, could really make a difference. I mean, I guess, you know, Chandler Stevenson or Jason, someone like that, or, or Calvert or what test do you get? If you find a goal from one of them somewhere, that's obviously uh, a huge boost. Like, you know Columbus takes a lot of chances because they have Bob. So, can Washington counter and you know, score on some of their chances too? And it's a super uh, interesting, you know, matchup. How much does Trotz try to get Ovechkin away from Jones and Wierenski? Does he care? Is he fine with the second line having a big edge instead? How many minutes do we see them play? I mean, Jones is. The average is only twenty three point seven. Morensky, twenty point eight. I mean, I think that those numbers got to go way up. I think if I'm Washington, I'm playing their their top two pairs fifty minutes. I don't want to see Orpik play more than ten minutes, and most of that on the penalty kill. So, man, like I like I said, I flip flopped on this a bunch. Like I said, I favor the top two. Blue Jackets defenseman, but I think as a whole, their defensive groups are fairly even. I think the forward groups, I like Columbus's depth a little more, but obviously there's more top end guys on Washington. You know, it's how close can Grubauer beat a Bob? I mean, over the last three years, in terms of uh, what we call delta save percentage, so what the goalie saves. Compared to what he shouldn't in terms of where the shots come from and expected goals. Ru Bauer's the number one goalie in the league, and Bob was, I believe, number four, and it wasn't a big difference between them. These are two of the best goalies. It might not look like it based on you know the names, but for my money, this is actually like the best goaltending matchup in the first round. So oh, man. <laughs> this I'm really excited for this one because. Like you said, I kind of have this weird feeling that Washington is written for dead and uh, they can finally make a run. And at the same time, I do see the comparisons but from uh, Columbus to last year's Nashville team and think that they have the ability to make a run.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I agree. So, But I also like Washington in seven. Or I think it can go six, but I think it'll be seven regardless. Yeah, uh, like, I, to me, th- this is the closest series in my mind.
0: Yeah, I like, guess the Athletic has it 56% for Columbus, actually. Um, but that is the closest of all of them. Uh, like I said, 58 for the Ducks was uh, the next closest one. Um, actually, I think Vegas was the same. Uh, double-checking now. Vegas was 56 so they think Vegas series and uh, – the Columbus series are the two closest ones. I can, I can get behind that. I feel like it's, you know, Nashville, uh, Tampa, and Winnipeg are kind of in a class of their own. I think Winnipeg is third from that group uh, in terms of likely to win, just because I think Minnesota is better than those other teams, even without Sutter. After that, I'd probably go Pittsburgh and then rank in the other four in terms of likelihood. I mean, I don't know. I'd probably say. Boston, Kings, Ducks, Blue Jackets. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's four pretty clear favorites. Uh, I think Boston is a small favorite. And then the other three, I, I don't know, man. Like I'm excited for a lot of these other matchups. But um, anything else you want to add? I did set up a, a bracket challenge for anyone listening Ooh. to hear this in time. Uh, the link will be uh, the second post on uh, hockey.rasball.com. Uh, just at NHL.com. Should be super straightforward to to get there. Uh, I remember last year, Quick Sycamore won because he picked Penguins. I had Nashville, so it looked like I had a decent chance. I so was the only one who had Nashville uh, making it out of the first round even and uh, making the cup, but not having the cup winner just does not So,
1: yeah, just like with the NCAA tournament, pretty much the winner is the winner of the bracket. Absolutely has to get the national champion right. So yeah, well, eighty percent of the time, if not more, unless no one in your like in your pool pick the the winner. Yeah, right,
0: right, right. Um.
1: Anything else you want to add, Reed, before we wrap no, this up? No, I, no, I think that's it. I, I don't think we're going to do a three-point challenge just because no, there's no. not enough games. And really hard to get three points in a game in the playoffs. Like, again, it's a different animal. This is – this; these are the best playoffs in sports. So, like, um, this is coming out on Wednesday. Yeah,
0: I'm putting this up right away.
1: So. Yeah, so, like, Philly-Pittsburgh I think is going to be a great game. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stay up all the way through Vegas and uh, L.A. because that is late, ten o'clock start. But yeah, Philly, Pitt- gonna,
0: I have I have to see how things look the first uh, the first home game in home in Vegas.
1: In oh, Vegas. It's gonna a, oh, it's going to be oh, it's going to be amazing.
0: I mean, another side note, quick. Why are there three games today and five tomorrow?
1: Hey, man, it's it's the NHL. They they got it figured out.
0: Four and four. Because then someone has a series where they end up having two days off then, and it all gets back. But it's, it's, come on, have four games a day. This isn't hard. Also, start one of them at 730. There's two 7 o'clock starts tonight. The Jets game and the Penguins game start at the same time.
1: You start one at seven thirty, oh. so that when the one goes to intermission, you can flip over to the other yeah, one. Exactly. I mean, and I you know. can avoid Mike Milberry. Oh god,
0: I can't believe that they're actually having him in the
1: booth. I mean, I can't believe it because it's NBC. M- it's
0: just infuriating.
1: Yep. Uh, reason number about eighteen why NBC should lose their exclusive rights or not, it should not be renewed.
0: I just wish they. Who are as good at, at hockey as they are with their soccer coverage, but we've talked about that enough. Yeah, we're going to wrap this up here.
1: Yeah, um, that'll be it for us. If you have oh, any yeah. comments, yeah, uh, please post.
0: Yeah, we'll probably come back in two weeks and look at the look at the next, the next rounds matchups. So, yeah,
1: see how we did in predicting.
0: Yeah, as far as posts go, it's going to be sparingly for me now. I am going to try to put together. I'll uh, wait to really top 50. That'll probably be out, I'm going to say, end of next week, so something around uh, April 20th. Look for that to be out. And then you know, throughout the summer, I'll be like sleeper close. I will do a draft recap, a free agency recap. So I'm not <laughs> not going to disappear, but like I said, at this point for the next four months, it's going to be more – you know the occasional podcast, the occasional post, but you can still reach out in the comment section, of dot I get notified and by an email when someone posts, so I'll get that right away. You can find me at or on Twitter at, at is You can find me at, at @reedcash with the K seventeen, and that's all. That's all I got for now. Like I said, well, we'll plan on being back in uh, probably two weeks.
1: Yeah, after the first round's over, we'll take a look, see what happened, see what we got wrong.
0: Right. <laughs> so. Probably. Just they're, they're coin flips in all honesty.
1: Yeah, when the Devils win in five, we'll just be How like, what kids? the fuck happened?
0: How many did we end up picking different? Was it just the Columbus series? Or was... Um, we both took the Kings.
1: We both over? took the Ducks.
0: Yeah, so that was it then.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. But...